Just a quick note for our Grave Talk listeners, Once Was Whole is now two. We have recently just split up our Texas Frightmare and Tremors episode into two parts for your listening ease. So any references to us talking about Tremors in this episode will actually be addressed in episode 11.5. If you guys were in charge of booking the guests for next year's Frightmare, what would your guest list look like? Multiples or just like the headliner? What is your dream lineup? Ooh. Dream team. Frightmare dream team. <laughs> That's right. I would go with Zombie West Craven. Ooh, you'd bring it back from the dead. Definitely. I like that. Yeah. Oh, a bunch of dead people. Yeah. Yeah. A whole zombie lineup. Just have their corpses <laughs> lined up. And you can... um, would it still cost 40 bucks to get their autograph? Probably 80. We have to pay for the necromancy. <laughs> and the exhumation. Is yeah. that the word? Sure. It's yeah. not cheap. <laughs> to exhume know? the body. Is that it? Um, just him? That'd just, be your full budget? You know, maybe the whole <laughs> cast, you know? We could do Nancy and uh, whose name I can't remember, Heather something, um, Robert England. So we're, we're doing Nightmare yeah, One. Yeah, like, a, like okay. a Nightmare reunion. That'd be dope. Get Johnny Depp in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Johnny Depp ain't coming back for this. He's well, too good yeah. for his horror roots. Although, man, he's in some financial trouble right yeah. here. So, you know, he might. He might just finally buckle Johnny down. Johnny Depp is in decline. So. Do you think he could be Can a Freddy Can ever be in decline now? <laughs> Do you think he could pull off a of Freddy Krueger? He's so good at becoming characters. No. He's too wacky. Oh, you know what, though? I imagine Depp doing it, and imagine, like, Jack Sparrow being Freddy Krueger. Like, his little, like, <laughs> smarmy kind of Johnny Depp attitude with Freddy Krueger. It'd be terrible. He could do the Freddy Krueger knockoff from Rick and Morty. I don't See, remember. I, I haven't seen Rick and Morty. Oh, you guys. It's I've seen one episode. Okay, think back. I've seen one episode of Rick and Morty, and it was pretty funny. It's This is uh, off their Inception episode. They get to a Freddy level. It's really funny. It's been a while. I haven't seen that one yet, I don't think. Mark, who would be your dream team? All right, here's what we're doing. Frightmare 2018, as by Mark. Well, um, wasn't this 2018? Yeah. Shit. So 2019. Okay, 2019. <laughs> okay. I don't know what hard. year it is. <laughs> um, like John, I would also bring in Robert England, because I'd really like to meet the man himself, Mr. Fredward. So cool. Fredward Krueger. <laughs> Fredward um, Also, Fredworth, okay. Oh, sorry. Um, I'd also bring in the cast of John Carpenter's The Thing, along with John Carpenter. Ooh. I would love to see a panel, get the special effects guy in there, kind of go over how he did, you know, what he did on the budget he had. That would be cool. They're all still alive, including Mr. Diabetes. Really? Yes, he's still Is around. Is he really? Yeah. Um, Okay. What's his name? Damn it. Uh, I just had it and forgot it. John Butterworth. Wilford Brimley. Yeah, Wilford, Wilford Brimley. Wilford Brimley. Who the hell did I hit? Yeah. <laughs> so I would. I think that'd be just a fantastic Dude, panel. The, a thing reunion would definitely be. I mean, Kurt Russell, Russell would be there. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I got a lady. I got a fucking man boner for Kurt Russell. That dude Who doesn't? is so awesome. <laughs> that dude is amazing. He's impressive. Um, and then I would round it out with something newer. <gasps> I, you could also double book it as a they live reunion because both of those guys would be there because they're in the same movie. Um, the the what's his name? You're talking about the wrestler. No, Roddy, no, no. Roddy, Pipe, Rod, oh, that's right, right. Rowdy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rowdy, yeah. We can bring Rowdy in there. Also. Let's get him in there. Yeah, let's I, get him in there. Wait, is Rowdy still alive? I think Rowdy died. Oh yeah, he died. I think he. he yeah. Died. So yeah. zombie Rowdy. Oh bummer. Okay, okay. Take we'll it bring back. him in. Just, just the thing. Just the thing. <laughs> we'll use John's voodoo powder to bring yeah. back yeah. him. For a Wes moment, Craven I thought Kurt Russell Rowdy. was in the. the uh, was I mean, why not? And I was like, can you imagine if it was? It feels like a role he would be in, but Rowdy did a good job. Yeah, he's a thick white guy. He's a thick white guy. Um, to bring in something new for the people that are just getting into horror, I'd also bring in Jordan Peele and the cast of Get Out. That would be awesome. Because I'd love to hear about them, you know, 
uh, winning an award for a horror film and yeah. just kind of bringing in a new audience. Does I think Frightmare have Academy Award winning pull? I don't know. Maybe they <laughs> will next year. Who knows? All right. Garrett, what do you got? I'm going to make them sing The Power of Wings to me. <laughs> um, well, you know, I thought about it and I really couldn't, because again, who do I care about enough from like a movie that I'd want to like actually see, you know, brought in? And I want to bring a lot of like really B-list people. Like I know that's, I know everyone's like, you know, like the big heavy hitters. I want to bring a lot of B-list people. Like I want to bring the guy who played counter to Kevin Bacon and Tremors. I want to bring not the, not the girl who, not um, Jamie Lee Curtis from uh, Halloween, but bring one of the kids in. I want to have like just a real kind of like all these big name movies, but just a little bit to the left of the stars. So you're talking about a 2019 supporting cast there extravaganza. You there you go. <laughs> Probably solve the overcrowding problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I don't know. I just I, I like we well, again. We'll talk about it. But like at the panels, it was nice hearing from some of the people who weren't the main stars. They had some really interesting stories. Yeah. So I was like, I would just want to hear what they have to say. I'm less enamored by the like star power of somebody and more just kind of like tell me all the crazy ass shit that you guys saw go down oh sure those people will talk they probably got really interesting stories to tell about on sets shenanigans and whatnot so that's what i would do but you gotta have a big name though you gotta have something attached to get the people in then jamie lee curtis from halloween okay that works she's in a brand new film this year the screen queen herself making a halloween remake yeah reprising her role so that would be interesting annoyingly also called halloween (laughs) <laughs> we'll, we'll, let's do it. We're going to talk about that. So let's go. Let's go. Hey, everyone. Before we get started today, I wanted to let you know that The Grave Talk has a new website up. At the end of the episode, Garrett will talk more about what we have going on there, but you can find it at www.thegravetalk.com. We also have an Instagram page up that you can find photographic evidence that we exist. Check it out to see photos of our road trip to Texas Frightmare that we'll be discussing in this episode. Don't forget that we're always looking for submissions for our John Dies First segment, so please visit our social media pages to find out what films we got cooking. Enjoy. Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Grave Talk Podcast. My name is Mark, and again, joined by John and Garrett. Fellas, how we doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Garrett, we've had a, a busy weekend. We've had a very busy weekend. Uh, we went to Frightmare on Saturday with John. With John. With John. And um, I drove back from Dallas with you guys on Saturday night, and then drove back up to Fort Worth on Sunday to see No Effects and Bad Religion, and... That was the first time seeing Bad Religion, and dude, oh, fuck, they are so good. So yeah, I'm having a great weekend right now. Yeah, are you running on fumes yet? I am totally running on fumes. <laughs> I'm on that like 19th wind. We got up at 5.30 in the morning, and after a slight delay, we were hitting the road about 6.30 and then made it into Dallas um, about 10.30, and boy, was Frightmare crowded. Yes, it was. Even at 10 o'clock, like we walked. Okay, so here to break it down for you, we get there. We got there before John and Kat. We, we had dropped off like a couple of grown adult boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just so the listeners know, my wife is not really into horror. So we were dropped off like a couple of kids at the mall. And she's <laughs> like, I'm going to go get drunk. I'll be back later. <laughs> Mama needs a drink. You guys have fun. So yeah, we got there early and we walked in inside the hotel and we went down some stairs and there's just a huge lobby just full of people. 
just meandering and lining up. And so we're walking through, and I was looking for the end of the ticket line. Mark evidently found it, but I didn't realize he had stopped walking <laughs> behind me. So I'm just walking to the end of this rando line, and I get in, and I'm like standing. I was like, wait, this I don't know what this line, line goes to. So I get out of that line, go back, look for Mark, find him. He gives me my, my wristband. And then we're trying to figure out what it is. We're looking at the um, the brochure that's got like the times and rooms. And I was like, I don't know. Let's just stand in this line and figure it out. It just happened to be the child's play line. It was very disorganized. And in with that many people, I can totally understand that it could get out of hand real easily. And I guess before it even started, we were already dealing with some of that. The entire lobby was full of people who yeah. just didn't have anywhere to go. They had, didn't have any of the, the rooms open for the vendors or for the panels. So there was nowhere for anyone to go. And instead of basically keeping people upstairs and downstairs, they just all funneled them downstairs. And so it was just becoming like wall-to-wall people just kind of standing around not knowing what the fuck to do. And, and hall, even, it, look, there was lines on opposite ends of the hall. So it was like, well, where do we go in? There was you know? no signage or any of those. You know how like the bank will have that little maze for you to walk through? It was nothing. It was just people and then people in red shirts just yelling like, lines over here. <laughs> like when Kat and I finally got there, they were trying to make four lines and it was just uh, uh, it was just collapsing in on each and other. And that was after the doors to the, to the rooms were already open. Yeah. Like before that, the lines were just... It was just chaos. It was beautiful chaos, but it was chaos. And we went to the help desk and it was like, hey, what is this line? Where do we go for this? And they're just like, threw their hands up, kind of like, we don't know. No, oh, yeah. Yeah, they were they were giving us um, dates and times for the Sunday panels <sighs> Strong start. on Saturday. And it was like, well, okay, we clearly don't know what we're doing here. So we're just going to figure it out on our own, I guess. So while they're soaring through this, Kat and I are in the airport, just completely lost. Google Maps doesn't know how to get to this place. So it sends us down this service road. And it definitely didn't seem like the kind of place we're supposed to be. We did make friends with a Jeep in front of us who was also apparently using Google Maps because we got lost in the same way. I'm having horrible flashbacks of MapQuest. It's really essentially what it was. It's like, go on this service road. Oh, make a right. And we try to turn right. And there's just like a bunch of barricades being like, fuck you. You can't get in here. <laughs> um, and so then we got, like got lost in the airport fun yeah and so then we finally get it out in front of the hotel and there's like cops supposedly directing traffic but he's really just lazily waving and he's waving at a like a y intersection so you could either go left or right and he's just sort of waving so half the cars are going left half the cars are going right we went left wrong choice (laughs) so we just ended up having to circle the fucking airport again uh to finally get to park so that took like 35 minutes yeah, because we we at that time they had let um, the doors had opened to the the venues, uh, the different rooms, and um, we had gone inside to sit down for the the child's play panel, which about was the, an hour beforehand. Yeah, an hour beforehand, which was the one thing I was like super stoked to see. So I'm glad that was on Saturday. I'm glad that we got there and ended up in the right line by accident to um to get to get into that. And uh, so we're in there sitting down, like texting John, like, "Yo, are you coming?" and Underneath the hotel where this thing was, there was zero cell reception. So the entire day was like lost messages, missed yeah. messages, messages not going out. There was no contact to the outside world. Yeah. You were in this horror thing for good. <laughs> Once you were in, you were in. Um, so anyway, long story short, it was very chaotic. The people who were supposed to be working it didn't really know what they were going to do. There was way too many people, evidently. Like too many, um, I don't want to call them customers, but... Um, attendees. Attendees, there we go. 
It was definitely, uh, it felt like there was way too many people for the amount of space that was provided for the event. Um, hopefully next year we can see this move to a larger venue where maybe it, they can yeah, control the chaos. Definitely. Well, honestly, if they, it's a little bit of planning, a little bit of like, you know, a few little like barriers and ropes and yeah. stuff like that could have, could have easily kind of made the lines do what they were supposed to do. But the thing is, is like, and we'll get to this a little later when we talk about you waiting for Kane Hodder, mm-hmm. um, the original Jason. Um, <laughs> Not the original, just the one that was in the majority the of the films. Famous. Yeah. Oh, he's the most popular. The first one? No. Oh. He, he started, at, I think, movie seven and did seven through 10. I don't, know, I don't remember exactly what number he started in. Oh. I like it would be before seven. Dude, that's my mistake. I thought uh, he was like the first Jason. It, it felt like the people running the con at Cat at one point was like, is this their first year? Turns out it was their 13th year. Because yes. they were doing like just real amateur things. Like the entrance and exit to the uh, to all the rooms were the same doors. So you had people like whenever they had to clear the room after a panel, all the people leaving the room were just running right into all the people trying to enter the room. And it's like... These are like real basics of just have a different door that you enter and exit through. Yeah. Like, and it's weird because I talked to one of my, my friend who um, has been multiple times before and she was telling me that it's, it's usually not like that. So I think maybe something was going on this year. But anyway, long story short on that, it was super chaotic. It was not run well this year. And maybe that's due to the size. Maybe that's due to, you know, staff issues. I'm not really positive. You know, we can't, we could speculate all yeah. day. But anyway, so it was super chaotic. But. Let's get down to what we did get to do, which was awesome. So we got to go to see the Child's Play panel, though, which had... Fantastic. Everyone there. It was Mancini. It was Dorif. Dorif's daughter? Yep. Yeah, his daughter. Uh, what's her face? Kyle uh, from Movie 2. Kyle from Movie 2. Yep. Kyle grew up to be exactly what I thought Kyle would grow up to be. Oh, yeah. She no. looks exactly how you think she would yes, look 20 years later, 30 years later, for sure. She really embraced that punk lifestyle. <laughs> Yeah, sort of, yeah. I mean, and then the the kid who played Andy, and of course we don't know all their names right now. Mark's probably going to look it up, but um, the the mom from the first one. I mean, like it was a complete panel. I was like super stoked, yeah. and um, they answered some good questions, told some stories. Uh, we learned a lot about a lot about how uh, Dora, you know, got into the roles, and man, it was really cool. Like honestly, that's the highlight of my trip. It was very enjoyable. I ended up. Uh, because there was no communication, I didn't know that Mark and Garrett had safe seats for me. So uh, we were lost in some hall and we're trying to navigate our way over there. They had two halls named the same thing. So that was not confusing at all. When we finally found the panel, uh, we kind of hung out in the back. Um, thanks to its amateurness, they let people just stand and sit against the walls. So we were able to watch it anyway. It was a great panel. So the Chucky panel had Brad Dourif, Fiona Dourif, Alex Vincent, Christine Elise, Catherine Hicks, and Kevin Yeager. And I think Kevin Yeager is the the writer. Yes, the guy in the middle was the the writer. Yes. Yeah. yeah so he if he didn't direct them all, he wrote a large Well, he, he wrote the first one, didn't have much involvement in it. And then after that, with two and three. Yeah, he directed three. three that was his and after that, world, it was basically yeah. his series. Like he got to do, like he was creative control at that point. Yeah, and it, they also had a guy, I think, who was designing the Chucky. Uh, yes, they had the guy who did the original puppet. And he said that they hadn't ever met in person until two days before this convention. Him and Dorif. Yeah, him and Dorif, the him voice Dorf of Chucky. had never met until two days, which, so, I mean, that's like, what, 15? That's crazy. It's longer than that. It's like almost, what, 30 years? 1990 yeah. was Ch- Child's Play 2. Yeah. You think there'd be like a cast rap party or something they would yeah. met at, but I guess I not. mean, it just goes to show you that the technical people you know, true. are not true to the same as the the actors and the stars. The talent. But yeah. um, it was interesting seeing um, Andy, you know, 30 plus years later, still holding a Chucky doll on stage and just 
What do you think goes through his mind? He's like, dude, I've been doing this thing since I was literally six. I think he's like, man, sweet, a paycheck. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> I, guys need to see You guys need to see uh, Cult of Chucky. Does he come back? It's on Netflix. Yes, they, they talked about it. Remember, he talked yeah. about like... Um, in that that movie opens up with like all this stuff happening at like this insane asylum and stuff, basically from the events of Curse of Chucky. But in Cold of Chucky, Andy actually has Chucky's like body, like he has Chucky's head, and it's alive, and it's just Chucky's head. <laughs> wow! And basically, he's going and getting other good guy dolls and torturing them in front of Chucky. He's like burning their face wow. off and shooting so them with arrows, all. shaving them off with like razor blades and stuff. Like he's basically like psychologically and physically like because he's fucking up the, the chucky head too like he like chucky's like oh you fucking pussy blah 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 blah. and he like puts a cigarette out on the chucky's head and he's like oh you fucking bastard and it's like it's fucked up he's, man he's sid it's so from good. toy story yes it basically like <laughs> sid grew up after basically being messed with by the uh the toys well, 30 plus years of being hunted by a serial killing doll you're gonna probably have some deep emotional scars well in cult he's actually preparing in case the doll ever you know in case yeah. something ever happens again so like he's got a, he's really creepy yeah i will say that after this panel and watching child's play 2 my interest in the later entries in the franchise have really peaked i definitely I want to check these out agree i was like man i should go back and watch them all because i'd only watched one and two and two just for the the podcast that right. i did i haven't finished out the series but now i want to i've still only seen child's play 2 <laughs> so <laughs> I, I got to really uh, resolve that and get those watched. Um, some other fun things I, I uh, we got to hear about at the Chucky panel was that they really want to do a Freddy versus Chucky movie. Yes, they do. Like oh, they must, are. That they must are, happen before I got there. Yeah, they're really on board for this idea. That was and at the end. That was at the end of the panel. He was talking about it during the oh. Q and A's. Oh, yeah. maybe we left early then. Huh. One of the uh, audience members asked the questions like, "Why would you do Freddy instead of going for like?" you know, um, leprechaun, leprechaun, right. it seems which more is reasonable. the more obvious <laughs> choice. And that was his reason. He's like, well, that's the obvious one. I want to do something that seems like an odd mashup, you know, plus both of these guys have big egos. I think it'd be fun to get them both on screen. The dialogue, if written well, could be awesome. I could, I could see that working, you know, cause they're both sort of sarcastic little assholes. So yeah, basically I think he said that the general thing was like Chucky ends up with a family on Elm street and then, base, and then like when the kids are sleeping, Freddy's going after it. And then Chucky ends up in Dream World and their Napoleon complexes kind of kick in. Mm-hmm. And then basically they have like, he said that he wanted to have it to like, who could ever kill the most kids in one night type thing would basically be like the victor. And I was like, yo, it should be more like, you know. Um, yeah, you tweaked it better, I think. Yeah, I, I really think that should be, it should be done a little bit different. But I mean, it's a cool concept. As, as not a big fan yeah. of Freddy, just hearing Dorif and... Hey, shut up, man. It's John's shaking his head. Um, just those two, the two, the way they talk and stuff, I think would be really entertaining. I We haven't seen a good versus film in a while with major horror guys, so I'd be into seeing, I'd give it a chance is what I'm saying. You know, was, it, it may not turn out well, but I would be down to check it out. Was Aliens versus Predator 2 before or after Jason versus Freddy? That was after. That was after. So that was um, the last one, probably. Jason versus Freddy, I want to say it was like 04. Yeah. 03, 04, something like that. Um, some other things we found out, they're working on a Chucky TV series. Yeah. Um, so they're trying to get that finalized and, and shopped around, I think, was what they were saying. Well, no, they, they have someone who wants it. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, they've got it. It's supposed Hopefully to... it's HBO. He said... Well, I think he said sci-fi. I don't oh. know who he said. I mean, I, I may have just put Let's that in Let's hope not. Mind. Yeah, because uh, the, uh, the lady who played the mom, 
uh, kind of blew the lid off that because they were talking about Fiona Dorif. And she's like, you just landed a TV series this morning. And everyone kind of looks at her and is like, kind of like, shut up. Like mm-hmm. they, they kind of like gave her the shush symbol. And she's like, oh, wait, I'm not supposed to talk about that yet. And then at that point, um, the head guy. That's the, probably the, writer, the show there. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Show. Yeah, that's, okay. what, that's what he was saying. Like he was like, well, I guess I can talk about this now since it's already kind of been sort of revealed. Way to go, Seven Heavens Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're doing a Chucky TV series, which... He said he wants to do in the vein of uh, Cult of Chucky, like in the that style of kind of humor horror, uh, which could I like be really that interesting. Style. Never saw the movie though, so I don't know if I like it. One of the questions I was going to ask, but we ran out of time, is I was going to try to get the panel's reaction to having Chucky had such a big moment in the recent film, um, Ready, Ready Player. Player One. Ready Player One. Chucky's actually used as a weapon. Oh. Um, where he jumps out and starts stabbing one of the bad guys. I wonder if that's kind of like showing renewed interest in this franchise that maybe we'll... I don't know. The make... hall was jam-packed, so there's a lot of interest still there. Yeah. And that room was full. Was the uh, was the Cenobite room full? No, I don't think so. Not as full as the Chucky one, anyway. Hmm. So that was the next thing we got to check out, is we got a full panel of the original... Well, not the original Cenobites, but the majority of the original Cenobites and female Cenobite from movie Barbie two. Wilder. Yeah, Barbie yeah. Wilder. Because the, the original female Cenobite has refused to ever do cons, which we found out about. But yeah, so it was interesting. So the child play, Child's Play panel ends, and they're like, all right, unless you're VIP, get the fuck out. And so we all kind of stand up, and I was like... Mark, turn around, let's go sit down. <laughs> so we just like walk back over our seats, sit in the press area, which they kept like looking at us like, you guys press, you guys press, like asking everyone. I was just like, just don't say anything. They're so disorganized. It didn't matter. Yeah, they left us alone. Now, other podcasts were there, so there was probably a way we could have gotten some sort of press recognition, but you know, we first time out to this thing, we didn't think about anything like that. No. So we got to keep our awesome seats for the Cenobite panel. And so that... And as John said, you know, people were going in the outdoor and vice versa. And it was just, but the thing is, is like, it was the, the child's play panel was from 11 to 12 and the Cinebite panel was from 12 to one, but they ended the, the child's play thing at like 1259. And then like the other thing started like at 12 or one Oh, yeah, it was a mess. It was like, like four minutes to transition in an entire room and get people sat down. It they was, didn't build any time in for transitioning from panel to panel. No, <sighs> they didn't. And it was crazy. So like. We had a seat for John and Kat, and they, they got to sit with us. And then the the original, well, I can't want to say the original, but um, the main Cenobites came out. Yeah, Doug Bradley. Yeah, he's uh, original. He's the, he's the original. Yeah, yeah, he's the original. Quote, unquote, pinhead. Which he still will not Unnamed say. Unnamed Cenobite, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. He's very clever. Because he said to... that like very like blatantly, and then like uh, one of the other guys was like, so Pinhead, and like he just kind of flashed in this look like, fuck you. <laughs> But they yeah. were awesome. They, they, oh man, they talked about so much cool stuff. They all seemed to be having a really good time. It was a great panel. Actually, uh, really was impressed with Barbie. I thought she was like, had so much personality. I was like, man, you're pretty dope. I um, think she was just excited to finally yeah. like get the recognition of like, yes. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Um, yeah, she seems really sweet and nice, and um, she's written several other books that I'm really curious to read. Yeah, apparently, they're like borderline just porn, and that's what she <laughs> yeah. implied. And Doug Bradley's uh, doing the uh, audio book for her the main second one. one yeah. I'm definitely going to check that out. I want to hear Pinhead read her book. I think it'd be good. <laughs> uh, rounding out the panel, we also had Nicholas Vince, who is Chatterer Cinnabites, and Simon Bamford, who was Butterball. Um, it was very interesting to get to hear their um, their preparation of having the 
the makeup applied yeah. and all the effects and how it was like sculpted their bodies and they couldn't move and just overheating and getting all disgusting the, and sweaty in there. Who was the Butterball? Simon, is that who it was? Was Simon Butterball? Yeah, Simon Bamford is the Butterball. He was the one so at the left. So when they all walked out, I was like, wait, which one was Butterball? I don't see, like, I thought, I was like, oh man, he must have lost a ton of weight because I thought it was a big guy who just right. basically put on some like prosthetic stuff on top of it. And no, he was like this tiny little dude. He talked about how like he had to be super like thin and tiny to fit in this giant like bell-like costume. And I was like, it blew my mind. Yeah, they talked about a really interesting scene that got cut where I guess he would like, like on his stomachs, like a vagina wound. He said that like 50 times. Very, very excited <laughs> to share that with us. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, gross. I no, no wonder it was cut out. Right. Well, apparently like he was supposed to put his hand in there and just like. Kind of play with ple- it. Yeah, pleasure himself essentially with his vagina wound. And, um, and that's why he had to be skinny so that they could build that huge prosthetic that he can fit his whole hand and arm into. Uh, uh, but they uh, the, cut that. The man <laughs> could literally fist himself. Yes. I'm with you, Garrett, though. You you wouldn't think the fattest Cenobite would be the skinniest actor up there. He was there. so skinny and small. And I was just like, okay. That, like I said, it blew my mind. But yeah, Barbie seemed like she was just so stoked to be there. The guy Having that played Chatterer was very polite and nice, except he didn't know how to use a microphone. So he was sitting like... Way back here. I don't know if you guys can hear me on the podcast, but it was like he was sitting so far back we couldn't hear anything he was saying. Yeah, Nicholas Vince, um, who played Chatter, he had some pretty interesting stories about having some sort of dental surgery, so now he can't do the clicking of the teeth. Yeah, well, he's like just getting older. His teeth yeah. can't handle chattering anymore, which it I It was understand. amazing to me to think that it was actually him chattering. I just assumed it was like mostly sound effects. Like prosthetic so teeth fake. or something. Yeah, it yeah. looked so fake. It was like, wow, he was... I mean, that's impressive to chatter that hard and that yeah, fast. His I was teeth like, must have hurt at the end of the day. For sure. They made a joke about having him be uh, like a Sensodyne toothpaste commercial, <laughs> have yeah. chatter reprise his role. And then yeah. Doug Bradley was um, you, Mark. You described it best. You said Doug Bradley reminded you of like a grandpa at like a Thanksgiving dinner, who basically was like, "Well, this is my family. I love them, but God, I wish they'd shut up sometimes." <laughs> yeah, he just he was just there. He's like, "Okay, we doing this?" Yeah, yeah. Um, he was obviously an old hand at this. He was yes. just like, "Let's go." He was the most professional, I think, of the bunch. And I think Doug Bradley would be fun to like hang out with and like go out yeah. for a drink and just listen to him talk Dude, for a he while. Seemed like a blast man i was like i was like that guy is so cool like and i don't really know him personally but he just seemed really cool um and then he did talk about the original female cenobite from one i don't know her name like just will not do cons like yeah they almost got her to do one in new jersey and then like the next day she was like never give my name to anybody (laughs) ever again and like just will not do that apparently she's a teacher in scotland now like an acting teacher yeah yeah so like so give that dream up, people. I mean... <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. Before this, I had no idea that um, Barbie wasn't in movie one. I thought it was the same actress from one to two. Too. So this, I, thought this, I thought they had said the original Cenobites, but I mean, I guess I... Close enough. It I mean, was like a year later, right? Yeah. But we learned uh, we learned a little bit about the... Um, like, I didn't know that the, the movie was so low budget. Hellraiser. Yeah. Like, they were like... Like, it was like... Barker went out was like, I'm trying to shoot a low budget horror yeah. film. It's a shame he wasn't on the panel. Was yeah, he, he was, was he there. there. He was there. He, in fact, I thought. Oh he, yeah, yeah, because he hit me. He hit me in the uh, <laughs> my groin area with a suitcase. Oh wow! Yeah, like, he was going, going up, up the st- stairs, and he like yanked it up, and he kind of like it bumped into me, and I was like, oh, okay. And then like I was like, I think Clyde Barker just hit you with a suitcase. <laughs> <And I> was <laughs> he like, was oh. doing like autographs, and they were wrapping it up, and so I thought, oh, cool, maybe he's gonna go to the panel. But they're like, nah, he's just gonna go do some photos. I was like, oh, okay. 
Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why they really should have had him there. They can't afford Clive Barker speaking fees, only signing and picture <laughs> fees. Ooh, I wonder. I would. You know what? That'd be interesting to like talk to someone from Fightmare about like the logistics of what goes into making yeah. it. Because that is it a different fee for a panel? Is it a different I'm, fee? I'm sure for... it is. Because like with everything else, they like the con or the event is probably paying them, and then they also get to charge. Like, you know, Wes Craven was charging, not Wes Craven, uh, John Carpenter was charging crazy amounts of money for his signature. I think it was like 60 bucks or something. Wait, John Carpenter was there? Not John Carpenter. Clive Barker. Clive Jesus Barker. Christ. I was like, <laughs> all over the place. Clive Barker was... Uh, like, if he was there and nobody told us. Super quiet, I would have been yeah. so pissed. Like, I like, oh. And they had like a the rule list to get your stuff signed by uh, by Clive Barker was crazy long. Was it really? Um, it was. It had like like three. It was like you couldn't add. There was no personalizations. You can only take a photo of him signing the thing um not with you with him you can only take a photo like for verification um there were some other rules i can't remember but they were very like wow i didn't even see the guy every time i went by his booth he wasn't there so he was in his own little room oh see i didn't know that yeah Yeah, it was kind of by the concessions yeah it was by the concessionary because there was a sign that was like looking for clive barker and i was like is that a new movie (laughs) (laughs) like is a documentary or something the story of finding clive (laughs) yeah but, I did uh, see Ron Perlman. I walked by him while he was signing. I was like, oh, that's cool. That dude is so big. Yeah, yeah, he's a big man. He was sitting down and he was like still like kind of like his head was like near my chin. I was like, oh, that's a big dude. Yeah. Yeah, he was cool. I saw him seeming that fun with the fans. But in counter to uh, counter to juxtaposition of what you were saying about Clyde Barker, because yeah. again, I would have loved to have seen that rule yeah. list. That sounds insane. But um, Kane Hodder, that dude was just chatting it up. He was taking pictures. He was like, like the most friendly guy you could ever meet. He was just so happy to like be there for his fans, cool. which was awesome. He was very interested to learn about the people he was giving these signatures to, you know, what their favorite films for, what they've been up to, um, just real chatty, which is very good for the fans. Not so much when you're waiting in line. So let's talk about that line real quick. So we were walking around, and uh, after the Cinnabite thing, we all kind of like walked around, and Mark, um, we happened to, before that, we happened to uh, go into one of the vendor rooms, and I was like, hey, I think that's Tom Savini just sat down. So I don't know if I mentioned on one of the podcasts, but my main goal for this Frightmare was to get my copy of Friday the 13th video game signed by both Tom Savini and Kane Hodder. Um, was successful at both. It looks real nice. I'm very happy with it. And, it looks um, great. Me and Garrett decided to just go check out the merch room, which that's something else we need to mention is how disorganized both rooms were with autographs going on in the merch rooms and just causing havoc. Um, but we happened to pass Tom Savini's table and no one was there and he's just kind of chilling. and was like, Oh, now's the opportune time. I, yeah, walked I, was like, up. I was like, Mark, get over here. And he was like, what? And I was like, dude, that's Tom Savini's thing. And he was like, cool. There was like no one there. And Savini talked to you for a minute too. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I was praising him for his design of the, uh, he got to design one of a uh, brand new Jason for the game. And it's basically a, a hell Jason who's clawed his way out of hell and he's got glowing embered eyes. You can see these tears in his flesh where um, some fiery embers are smoking out of him. And he's not he's not got his machete anymore. He's walking around with like a, a demon's pitchfork. Oh. And he looks really rad. He's also covered in, covered in chains and such. So um, why It's a great design. Yeah. So while, while he was signing, I was like, man, I really love that design of Jason. I would love to see that Jason make it into a full, you know, full movie. And he's like, you gotta, what, what else are you going to do? This is where you take it next. Uh, I would be surprised if we don't ever see him on film. 
So he seems hopeful. And but then we started talking about how muddled and and crazy the rights to that franchise is right now with the yeah. Weinstein company going under and all the dimen- it's dimension films dimension, right right but they're being sued by the original creator of jason um so long and short i don't suspect we'll be seeing a jason movie anytime soon it's yeah. all tied up in courts my i'm i have a sick feeling in my gut that by the time we finally get a jason movie it might be too late because right now we're really experiencing a fantastic resurgent in interest in horror films I would really hate for that franchise to miss the boat because yeah. I think people want another Jason film. I agree. There was so many people that were dressed up like Jason at this thing. A lot of different Jason variants. Um, <clears throat> one thing that was kind of upsetting is this: the whole thing about this um, this Frightmare weekend was it was like all the Jasons. Well, almost all the Jasons were there signing. So you had like... Well, that was the thing, right? The 13th year of this con, they got all Friday the 13th, yeah, 13th. Yeah, Jasons so they had there. All yeah. these Jasons. Except they didn't have the new Jason from the the remake from 2009, which I know a lot of people have some really strong opinions about. But that dude was a force, man. He was so he personified like just yeah. But like the hardcore Jason fans are super angry that it wasn't Kane Hodder. That was a big controversy when the remake came out. So I'm not surprised he wasn't invited. But like I told you guys at the, the, the convention, like you have to pass the torch at some time. No one wants to see an old man lumbering around all slow. You know, you want to see yeah. someone who can walk swiftly and hard. I mean, I'm not saying Kane Hodder can't do that. Kane, don't don't come after me. You're still a big dude. He's still making the Hatchet series and, and other horror films. Yeah, no so doubt. he's definitely still active. I don't think he could he couldn't have done it, but I mean I don't, I don't think it's. I don't think it's like a blast. Which one? Thing. The remake it was like ten years ago, right? Two thousand nine. Um, yeah. So, he so yeah, he Jason, probably could have. He probably yeah. could have done it. The Jason in that film is Derek Mears. Um, but I kind of agree with you, Garrett. They had the Jason from Freddy versus Jason there. Yes. Why not bring in Derek Mears? That's. I mean, it's maybe just, they tried, and he was like, "No, thank you." It's possible. It's, yeah, it's that's true. Possible. We don't know. Maybe, maybe they didn't maybe he's invite upset him. Upset by the the hate. Maybe he doesn't. Right. He, wants he doesn't distance. want that abuse. Or... Again, we're speculating, but I mean, it's very possible. Well, um, if yours, your, in my opinion, on the rewatch of the the remake is, I feel like maybe that movie got the short end of the stick back in two thousand nine. I think people might turn around on it a little bit if they watch it now. Because I totally did. I won eighty on that thing. I hated it in two thousand nine. You were like, you're like, ugh, when we first talked about like yeah. doing it, and then it was you're like, all right, and I was like, because I mean, for my first time seeing it. That's one thing I noticed. I was like, oh, there's some garbage in this movie. But it was like, that Jason scares me. It's in my top five now of yeah. Friday the 13th film. So what, that says something. The vaunted yeah. top five. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> so, we, so we basically, uh, we got Savini's autograph. Uh, we looked at the merch and they had, some, they had some decent boots. They had some, Mondo had some killer child's play prints that I wish I was rolling yeah. in money. The merch was cool. Uh, but to Mark's earlier point, you couldn't really look at any of it because every time you were trying to stop, it was just a wall of people pushing you along it was very challenging and that was in one room in the other room the people lining up for jason's the lines were so long they were lined up in front of merch booths so you couldn't actually get to merch booths unless like busting through the lines waiting for autographs there was legit traffic jams where just nobody was moving like it felt like you were like on an interstate it was (laughs) insane i stood in line for kane hotter for two hours yes you did and i was like maybe 60th person in line so that thing was going slow again. Like I think it was great that Kane Hodder was taking the time to you know chat with the fans, but when you're in a situation where the line is wrapped around his table like two or three times, you got to get that thing moving. They even had to bring in people who couldn't see him the day before. Right. You know they had to cut them off and bring him back. Uh, on the flip side, if he was 
by Kurt about it. Then a bunch of people get on Twitter and be like, Kane Hodder's a fucking asshole. I went and paid to get him a signature and he didn't even look me in the eye. You know, like, you I can't win. True, but business is business. You know, like, he was 30, 40 minutes late to get yeah, to Yeah, he was late to his desk. Was weird, yeah. Because he was, Mark, Mark kind of speculated that it might have been because he was just chit-chatting and shooting the shit with all the people from the photo ops, which may very well have been the case. Right, which was in another room. So yes. they had the autographs and the photographs completely separate. So I assume, you know, it was delay over there. Well, judging by how he interacted with fans, it's very likely what it was. I mean, really nice dude. I'm glad everyone got to like really like share a moment with him. But the people in front of us like had a full on like, you know, like let's get some tea and pull up a chair type conversation. <laughs> it was BFF. like we get it. Let's go, man. But um, yeah. yeah, you did wait for two hours because I remember at one point you were like, I'm thirsty. I had to go find you water. <laughs> yeah. Brought it back. Thank you for that. People I was really parched. in line. Like. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that girl behind us thought I was your boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, well, What I she doesn't say. know. Yeah. <laughs> um, waiting in line, I got to see a bunch of machetes signed. It looks like a lot of people, because yeah. all the Jasons were there, what better opportunity than getting... You oh, know, oh that's a good-ass idea, man. Yeah. If I had kind of extra bucks, that would have been awesome. That does remind me yeah. of the complete, like, the laxity in weapons control that they had. Oh, at there was point. no security at this like, point. Yeah. Like, these are full-on machetes. They, they were, were weapons. They were selling machetes there. Yeah. <laughs> like, But Kane Hodder, he, uh, he took the machete of one of the fans out of the sheath, and he slammed it on the table and I was right next to him. I like jumped aside because I wasn't expecting it, but I thought that was kind of funny. Like he's still scaring people even when he's not Jason. Wow. Uh, yeah. Overall, I thought it was super cool. I thought the concept was really great. I hope uh, next year they're in a different venue because I would like to return. I don't know if I would return if it continued to be at that airport venue though. Um, but over, yeah. I mean, concept solid execution uh, flat on its face. One thing that this con proved to me is that Texas loves its horror. There yes. were people in droves. They dressed up. Great costumes uh, were going around. We saw some demonic priests. Several people dressed up their kid as good guy dolls. You know, oh, little, Chucky little dolls. Little tiny baby Chuckies. And I was just like, you know what? I couldn't Pennywise be happier about this. And, and, yeah. and, and uh, Georgie and Galore. Mark was worried that like he wasn't going to see any people dressed up in scream masks. And as we were leaving, mm-hmm. I saw two people dressed up yeah. in scream masks. I yes, said, I, I was like, I bet there's going to be three. Well, we saw exactly three between the two of us. So it looked like I nailed it. I didn't it. see any Krugers. There was I one that, Kruger. I got a picture of a little kid yes, I saw a little dressed kid up picture. as a Kruger. And there was one adult okay. walking around. I did see him. Um, yeah, but you really know you're in Texas. I was waiting in line for Kane Hodder. And behind me, I heard someone say, Hey, do you want to go holler up at Matt Lillard? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, definitely in Texas. <laughs> I wonder what he hollered up. I have no idea. I, I hope it was something about Scooby-Doo, though. For sure. That was his picture on his little advert. That was the thing. Of all the horror stuff that Illard had done, he like had the picture of him dressed as Shaggy. And I was like, oh, man, you could have gone with Scream. You could have gone with like 13 It's his ghosts. favorite it's, role is Shaggy. Is it really? I don't know. I made that up. Oh, but it feels lying. like it could have been. Holy shit. True. That would be crazy. Yeah. It was a true sounding lie. <laughs> so I'm with you, John. Um, definitely... I want to see some improvements going forward. Uh, I think the content is there. Yes. You know, the panels in the merch booths, very good. Good stuff going on. But we need some better organization. Hopefully a better venue next year. Um, that will really that would entice me to go back for sure. Uh, but I, I, I thought it was fun. You know, for I agree. A, my first time over there, it was cool. I did remember the most amazing thing I saw. They had 
uh, Katie there from Paranormal Activity. She's oh, right. lost a tremendous amount of weight and does not look like herself at all. Which one's Katie? The wife. The, the from first, the first one? Yeah. yeah, the main female. Yeah, she looks... Um, does she look okay? Cause she, yeah, yeah, totally I mean, great. She, I was just she so was, surprised. She was, she was skinny I was going to say, one, yeah, dude. she wasn't yeah. very big to begin with. It was with. Uh, shocking. I, at first I thought she was sick, but I didn't get to talk to her, so I don't know. She actually looks sickly. But um, <laughs> but I was, I was sad I didn't get to go to her panel. Did oh, you sure. go to the saw panel? No, I, that one. I Wait, think you guys the, left to go to the saw panel. We though. did, I know, but then we had to leave for other reasons. But I did mm-hmm. think um, that was probably the most popular one because we I actually weren't even sure we were going to get in. We waited for like 10 minutes after it started and people were still pouring into the room. Wow. I was blown away with how impressive uh, the crowd for Saw was. Maybe we're the outliers on that franchise. It was the most, I mean, of the the three or four panels that I had waited in line for, I mean, that was the biggest line by far. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. Dude, that was, that's got to be a fire risk then. I, I know. Again. I looked at Kat and I was like, does the fire marshal know about this? Because it was a miracle nobody got hurt. Dude, it, I mean, it, it was, again, maybe it was just this year. Maybe it's the size, you know exploded on them and they just had no no concept it was coming but uh there was times where it was manageable and there was times where it was just like wow and also texas fright mayor if you're listening which you're probably not <laughs> one thing you have to do if you're going to have a concession stand where you serve chicken strips you cannot put a pile and i'm talking a massive pile of chicken strips uncovered on a tray and wheel it through the middle of a fucking crowded ass lobby with a bunch of people uncovered, pointing and trying to grab them and then take them to your concession stand. Please cover your food and transition. I, I was so hungry. I, I got a migraine about halfway through the show and it was, I was really worried I was going to have to leave you guys. Like, the concessions so were very pitiful, to be honest, the whole situation with it. But I don't know if that's necessarily Frightmare's fault or if that was the hotel. No, it was definitely Frightmare's fault. That hotel was a pricey hotel. They know how to serve food. Okay. Because they had like just all their condiments. So if you did get the chicken strips and then you wanted honey mustard, let's say, it's just in a big jug, uncovered, just sitting out there. Yeah, it was, it was really so, gross. it was one of those things where I was like, yo, I'll eat couch pizza if I'm hungry enough. But I looked at that and I was just like, like watching people like get their hands close to like a pile of chicken strips yeah. you're going to serve someone else. I was like, it made me really uncomfortable. And like I said, I had that migraine going on. I was so hungry and I was like, I'm going to pass. You also couldn't just pay. You had to buy tickets, which you then took the tickets and you turned in for food. Again, I understand that concept because it keeps the food handlers from having to deal with money yeah. and stuff like that and mess with this money. This is a solved problem. You put the register at the end. You take a little tray. You go down a line. Register at the Cafeterias end. Cafeterias have been doing it for years. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of quick fixes to address some of the stuff we right. saw. But again, you know, we don't know the full reasons. Right. But For sure. I will say this, though. Um, very... Before, I thought I was going to have to choose between the No Effects Bad Religion show and going to Frightmare, mm-hmm. and some things happened, so I get to go see the one in Austin later. But um, I'm glad I went, and not because I don't get starstruck. I don't really have the desire to meet famous people. It's never something I've really like been like, ooh, I got to go say hi or meet so-and-so. But those panels, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed that Child's Play and the Cenobite panel. Like That makes me want to go back to basically just sit in those rooms and listen to these people talk about the things. If they keep the panels coming, you know, keep it interesting and don't do a lot of repeats, I think I can see myself going back if they solve a few of the issues yes. like the venue. they got to get um, a bigger venue. Bigger venue for the amount of people, a little more organization, and I think it'd be absolutely fantastic. I agree. So if you're ever in Texas, in Dallas... 
in the uh, April May time frame and you see this come up don't hesitate I think you'll enjoy it agreed Garrett yeah. maybe you'll see us there and uh, you can throw dirty chicken strips at us please and that's going to wrap up our Texas Frightmare 2018 recap we hope you enjoyed and we'll see you next time